Rising in the rising sun, the land of bamboo, tengu, and gundam like yo. Everybody, welcome back to the Manga Sensei Podcast, the podcast where I, John Sensei, break down the world's best language for you 365 days a year. Except on the weekends, I try to interview the movers and shakers in the Japanese community. And today I'm interviewing my friend Dan. Dan is a music and video aficionado. He's, he creates、uh, music as well as. Um, awesome videos all across the internet. He probably does things that you're familiar with that you just didn't know that he did. And、uh, we're going to talk to him a little bit today. But Dan, give everybody a quick introduction to who you are and、uh, where you're from. Okay, hi. So,、uh, yeah, I'm Dan and、uh, from the UK, and I'm currently living、uh, in Japan now, just outside of Yokohama. And I do mainly work in video、uh, and then also kind of dabble in music.、Uh, and yeah, it's,、uh, it's, I guess they're both hobbies that just turned into kind of my livelihood. So, and I've ended up here in Japan now. So that's the.、Uh... And where, you were telling me before this, the podcast started a little bit about your mom. And so,、uh, t- so you're, you're a hafu. Yes. Yes, and that's a funny term, isn't it?、Uh, yes. It's <laughs> not actually co- a term I only ever heard since coming to Japan as well. Is it really? Uh, uh, I guess because in England, you know, I had lots of friends who, well, it turns out, I guess they, you could call them half, with like, half Greek, half British, or、yeah. half French, half German. But the term, I don't know, we just never said anything like that. So when I first came to Japan, it was quite.、Um, I, I don't know, I didn't really know how to take it because someone was like, you're half, and I was like, Am I? I, I, I <laughs> Am I? It's not really something that I've considered myself.、Um, so, yes, I am. <laughs> I've come to accept this now, I guess. You, well,、uh, you can't quite get know, out of it. I mean, like, literally, one half of your body is white and one half of your body is Japanese. So, there's no escaping this at this point. I know, right? It's,、uh, it's just such a, I don't know, it's kind of a loaded term, isn't it? This, this half of the thing. Like, there's a lot of.、Uh, I don't know, it really categorizes people I feel in Japan. Whereas I felt、mm-hmm. like、uh, outside, maybe people don't really care as much, I guess. But,、uh, or it's more of a common thing. But anyway, yeah, so I guess, yes, I, I, I'm a half. <laughs> well, well, I think outside of Japan, it's more of just like, oh, you're, you know, you're just Dan. But I think it's kind of like when you go to Japan and you're the, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a gaijin. No matter where I go in Japan, I will always be gaijin. And that doesn't hurt me. It's not a bad thing to me. It's just. No matter how well I speak Japanese, you'll never think I'm Japanese. And that's cool. Like, whatever. As long as you don't see my face, I may be able to lie to you, maybe. But, you know, it's one of those things. But I think hafu is kind of an interesting term because you're neither in nor out. Yes. I mean, I think that's true in both aspects, in Japan and outside. Yeah.、Uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I kind of fall under the, the radar, which you might get picked up on on the train where people go, like,、ah, he's definitely not a Japanese dude. But、uh, for me, it's sort of,、uh, I, I don't know, I don't want to say like disappointment, but sometimes people kind of like hear, oh, you're half, and they go, are you fluent? And I'm like, nope. And then they <laughs> kind of go, like, why? And, you know, I don't know.、Yeah. Like, some people are just super fascinated by it. And I think, in a way, it can be quite. Disarming for people. They're kind of like, it's a bit foreign, but it's a bit kind of like, oh, you know, Japanese kind of thing. So, well, I think at the same time, though, even if you were, say, say you were fluent in Japanese and you're a bilingual person, I mean, if you were considered a bilingual person, it wouldn't be a big deal. It'd just be like, oh, you're bilingual. 
And but for me, for example, when I speak Japanese, I get accolades. I get accolades. Like, oh wow, you speak Japanese. That's wonderful. How long have you been studying Japanese? And I'm just like, uh, eight years. Like, why does it matter? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, it, it, you know, I, I'm sure you've had to go through the uh, the the hoops of, of those you know questions that kind of always get asked, isn't it? You know, why is your you nose start? so tall? Why, why are you bald? Kind of stuff, so. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it is a funny one, and and. I never really consider myself half because really since coming here, I've realized just how painfully British I am. So whereas <laughs> I, th- I think in, in England, I think everyone used to say, oh, you're so Japanese, just how you do everything. And it's, I've realized I'm neither one or the other, really. I guess it's all uh, a matter of perspective. But uh, but yeah, I mean, like, it just again, in Japan, sometimes it's just simply just to go, yep, yep. just half. <laughs> well, I think it's I think it's good because so for example, like um, I'm I'm fourth generation American and my family is very very um, I I can't claim like my dad's from England and my mom's family's from Germany or anything like there's so much different blood going on I I can't claim anything I'm just an American that's fine with me. Yeah. Um, but I think one thing that was interesting that you were talking about earlier was the fact that like you went to Japan I mean your mom's from Japan from Hokkaido area. And like you came to Japan almost to almost rediscover a half of your life, a half side that you didn't really grow up with. Yeah, I mean, yeah, basically, I, I just had no idea really uh, what my fam- my my mom's side of the family was about because I'd go up and uh, my only image of Japan was Hokkaido for quite a long time, which uh, <laughs> is great, but it kind of doesn't get you ready for the real. I say real, but the more like uh, I guess the Japan that everyone kind of knows, you know, the big lights and city and busyness you know they, they live in the middle of nowhere in uh, in uh, near Takikawa which is just north of Sapporo it's a tiny little village and my only real kind of like understanding in Japan was that place uh, and not really speaking well any Japanese when I was a kid I didn't it, it was kind of strange you know you go to your grandma's house and you know mo- most people you know they have very simple conversations with them and stuff, but I really had no idea what anyone was saying. And so I kind of wanted to just connect with them a little bit more, like uh, my uncle, my grand, my aunt, they all live, they've lived in the same house, you know, well over 50 years, I think. And so, yeah, I just wanted to kind of be able to talk to them a little bit because I think they've, they've always been super nice to me, uh, being very Japanese about, you know, you know, very caring and all this kind of stuff, even though I, I couldn't speak a lick of Japanese. So I, I just wanted to kind of, you know, just be able to chat with them, especially my gran. I mean, I, I, I've now been able to talk to her, which is great. And I've realized that she just kind of said that very nice, but very generic grandma speech, you know, mm-hmm. follow your own path and do your own thing. And, you know, all this kind of stuff. You but, can uh, do it. it's and... nice, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think it's a wonderful thing to be able to, I had, when I lived in Japan, I, I lived with a, a, a gentleman who was, um, he grew up in America. Um, however, both his parents were Japanese. They spoke Japanese in the home. And then he went to Japan. And for him, it was, you know, uh, going back home that wasn't quite home. So it was very different for him. And then I lived with another gentleman who was half Japanese, but he they, he didn't speak any English. He didn't speak any Japanese. And for him, it was a lovely experience to reconnect with a part of a uh, part of his heritage and her- part of his culture that he never really had been able to connect with before living in you know utah yeah i mean 
And I think that's something special. Like I'll, I'll never have that. I can't go, I'm not going to go back to England or go back to Germany or go back to Russia or go back to, you know, Czechoslovakia or whatever and be like, yes, this is part, this is, you know, what my families did or whatever. I don't have any of that. So I think it's kind of something special that you kind of get to do. Yeah. I mean, I, I realize this now. I mean, I guess we can't really choose, you know, our lives and stuff, but I think now I've got this kind of opportunity to kind of connect with something that I, uh, didn't really know anything about it's it's great i mean and, and you know i'm finding out all kinds of strange new things about my family and it's it's great you know it's 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 kind of fun to have an interesting kind of backstory i guess and uh, i guess that's the luck of the draw isn't it but uh but yeah i mean it's it's one of those things where it, it, it it's driven me to kind of learn japanese i've had to learn it and stuff so uh and that's been kind of a nice thing and it's uh i guess it's been interesting because until moving to japan being Japanese didn't really, or half, or half, or whatever, it didn't really define me. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think since coming to Japan, it's become more of a, a definitive label, and and the kind of origin story plays quite a large part into that kind of uh, reason of why you came to Japan and that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, it's been interesting. It's been very different, I guess, to uh, uh, to life, I guess, in England because you know pe- people aren't as interested maybe in that kind of stuff the, the, you don't really get the question uh, bluntly kind of like why are you here <laughs> which, which is kind of what Japanese people are asking you do you know what I mean when yeah <laughs> when they when they meet you right so uh, not, in a, not in a bad way not, not in a negative way but it, it does come across you know they, they, it's kind of like why are you here uh, how long are you going to be here for and uh, when are you going back <laughs> so <laughs> But the thing is, I, I mean, you've been able to make a pretty good little life for yourself out there. You've been able to kind of embrace music. You've been able to like kind of connect with some wonderful people and do some awesome videos. I mean, and you've even started a podcast. I mean, you've done a lot of really interesting things since kind of going to Japan. You've kind of had a time to kind of come into yourself a little bit. Yeah, I mean, none of this was really planned. Um, I mean, I, I came over for a year. Originally, the plan was just to go for a year learn as much Japanese as possible and then kind of go from there but and and really the plan was to return to England but I think just things I, I think this is kind of uh, something that happens I guess when you're in Japan you just get talking to people you meet certain people and it just kind of the ball starts rolling and then before you realize it like you know stuff's just happening all around you kind of thing but I, I, I had a background in like in video uh, or digital production and stuff before coming to Japan so I kind of had something I guess to throw out there job wise and, and it just stuck with uh, one lucky chance that I got and I, I've just kind of rolled with it from there really um, but yeah I mean it, it, it's it's been a <laughs> it's definitely been a, an interesting few years out here and, and I've got to see a lot more of the country I guess than I was planning to I kind of just thought oh, I'll live here for a year make some friends go and see the family and, and stuff but yeah it's it's been a whole crazy kind of adventure yeah so. you've been able to do some cool things i mean you you got i mean let's let's kind of start a little bit at the beginning of this i mean you got so you got to japan and you decided to put your kind of video and audio stuff out there what was the first big break i guess if you could say that you really had to begin with uh i guess i i guess in terms of like big breaks it, it was more, it wasn't, I think it was a set of things that kind of got the ball rolling. Uh-huh. Um, I, I kind of started doing a little bit of freelance work doing video stuff. And I think that kind of 
started conversations off where other people were like, oh, you do video. Uh, and at the time, it was kind of, you know, just one job here and there. And then I just made a few videos on my own uh, and just started throwing up a few bits on YouTube. And I, I literally, I think it was like five videos or something like that. Um, and then I didn't really think much of it. They weren't, there wasn't really many views behind them or anything like that. And then I, I just got an email through LinkedIn just saying like, hey, do you want to do video work? And I was like, sure. And uh, <laughs> someone had found the work that I'd thrown up on LinkedIn and they were like, yeah, this, is, this looks good. Do you want to, you know, work on making some videos? And I was like, yeah, sure. And since then, it kind of just snowballed into this whole kind of, uh, well, it just went from kind of project to project and it kind of got bigger and bigger and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, I, I guess I, I guess getting the offer was, was the big break but up to that point there was always kind of video work kind of being made and i was just putting stuff together and so that that kind of you know helped i guess get things going but uh is that with the company that you're currently working for or uh yeah so i started uh doing a lot of stuff freelance and uh and it was kind of quite you know there's quite big gaps in between it and then I, I got an offer from a company to kind of make videos and work with them and that's kind of and it was a japanese company as well so it was yeah. very much just it wasn't just like you know that freelancer kind of do the project and you're done it's very much just getting thrown into the the <laughs> thick of uh, that japanese kind of company life and uh, yeah i mean it, it was uh, it was quite interesting because i think uh, the first year I was the only foreigner working there uh -huh. um, and my Japanese at that point was not very good to say the least so I was really having to uh, <laughs> to, to pull on kind of uh, you know stuff that I knew that I wanted to try and sort of get across in terms of video stuff I helped produce a few um, of the Japanese guys stuff like they were they were all from TV backgrounds and stuff but didn't have much editing experience so I was kind of just working with them and then you know things kind of built up and uh, you know, I got a bit more proficient. We all kind of worked together, and yeah, it was, it, it was nice. And then I, I think you know I've, I've worked in about three different phases of this company, and it's it's all been very, very interesting, but quite different as well. So, uh, well, oh yeah, but, Japanese work environments insanely different from like. So I worked for a Japanese company, a uh, couple, and then I've also worked for American companies before I started my own, and um, it's it's amazing the the differences just from like how involved they are in my life yes <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's i think the thing that's kind of interesting is that um that uh, well i think i got so i did actually work uh for a year and a bit in like uh, a couple of schools um okay. which I, I think a lot of people do uh to kind of like get inducted almost into japan like you know teaching english thing out here is very uh common yeah. right i guess for uh, people who just kind of come over and they're just like, yeah, let's just see how this kind of goes. Um, and I and I think that that way of how the kids are and even the teachers are, it really does permeate into like the work environment of like you know the senpai kohai thing and yeah. just ha how people act to each other and stuff like that. It's very uh, it's, it was it was kind of interesting because working in school, I kind of saw this with the kids, the third years, like you know giving the second years kind of a you know, hard time and then the second years giving the first years a hard time and the first years just having to take it and I, I saw that in a company setting where you've got the more experienced guys kind of really 
you know, making life difficult for the guys who just started kind of thing. So it was that was actually quite interesting, um, <laughs> <laughs> seeing how that kind of like school life kind of structure never really left, I guess. Yeah. So, um, well, you really kind that, of see the hierarchy going on. You see, you know, the people that you work with, and the people who are above them, and the people who are above them, and it's very clear cut for lack of a better term of course people of course move up and down but it kind of gives you an idea in this hierarchical geritocracy thing going on with um how japanese society at large is structured you need to including language you know to know how polite to speak to somebody how impolite you can speak to others i mean you speak to your friends differently in english than you do in you know than you do in japanese and then you kind of have to understand where everybody's at Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think as well, like, uh, I, I think I just had to understand, like, my weaknesses and strengths within the company because, you know, not being, I mean, there's a lot of meetings in Japanese where I was, like, just writing down what I could understand and just having to grab someone afterwards and be like, what what, what was said in that meet kind of thing. So <laughs> you're not ever really on a, on a kind of complete level yeah. uh, with everyone else. And so you have to kind of play with that to to your advantage i guess really because uh yeah, yeah it, it, it can be tough if you're trying to fit in it i guess with everyone and in japan that's kind of the the idea isn't it you know you've got to you got to fit in kind of thing here but yes. I, I don't know i i kind of i guess got lucky in that sense of uh me being a foreigner gave me that kind of a, advantage in oh well he has a different way of thinking a different way of looking at stuff especially concerning like video so it helped me kind of like you know i could push my ideas a lot easier i didn't i guess i didn't have to fight so much in terms of like uh you know trying to push things creatively i could just say like well you know this is how it works abroad kind of thing and everyone was like oh right so uh yeah which i i think was my only kind of lifeline really to to be able to well, I think it also yeah. kind of gave you a, a good outside view of how you're not only making your videos, but it kind of gave you an opportunity to give yourself some step back and actually focus in on that. I mean, when you can't speak the language of something, you have to kind of fall back on the skills that you have. And those tend to become sharper before you can then translate that into your second language. Yes. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, even, even up to now, I, I've kind of found that, uh, especially, you know, working more in video and kind of visual stuff it's uh I, I, it still makes me laugh sometimes when you see like kind of uh you, you get a project in and and all the creatives just in these black and white pages and all these ideas are kind of thrown down in like paragraphs of japanese and it's like i i've just had to work around that kind of stuff of you know having to be more visual i think and just presenting things more visually to you know people who may not speak any english but you know that that kind of uh, I guess approach where you, you you don't have language on your side. You have to kind of think a little bit more about like how how am I actually going to communicate this right? So that, that's definitely been a a challenge, but it's it's quite interesting. And yeah. It's definitely something. To, it's there's something quite Japanese about the whole kind of situation. So yes, it is. Yeah, but I, I like it. And I think, and that's actually a, a good transition point to talk a little bit about some of the projects that you've done. I mean, you've done some, just looking at your portfolio, and I'll get up everything down here below in the show notes for everybody. Um, you've done some kind of very varied things. I mean, everything from music videos to having some music on there to doing, you know, like um, music with YouTubers and kind of the whole, you've kind of been not playing the gambit per se, but you've kind of been a, it shows the, the variety of skills that you have, but you, at the same time, it kind of shows this 
East meets Western flair. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I, th- I think, yeah, so during my time working within this company, I've kind of had to uh, sway, I guess, with what, what the direction is that they're, they're kind of pushing. So, um, so I've always kind of had this base that I kind of took from working in England of like, well, this is how we would do video production there. And I've just had to kind of translate that over to sort of like a Japanese kind of way of working, which to be honest, like production out here is great. Um, Mm -hmm. There's some really, you know, as you could probably imagine, it's quite organized, (laughs) sometimes a bit too organized, Uh, but it, it, you know, it's got, um, yeah, I mean, I guess I've had to kind of just inject a bit of kind of how I would do things and kind of stick with that, Um, you know, just that kind of way of kind of getting through uh, projects and stuff as well as kind of encompassing like, you know, we're in Japan, we have to do things, not, I wouldn't say a certain way, but there's a certain way that they like to kind of do things in, uh, yes. in terms of production and stuff. So it, yeah, it's definitely kind of a bit of give and take in, <laughs> in the, in the whole thing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess originally, I mean, uh, the, the idea was just to make uh, original productions yes. uh, for YouTube, uh, which was which is where I was kind of uh, able to just kind of throw out ideas, and then I would have to kind of put them into production, cast, and do everything like that, shoot, edit, and so I kind of had to do the whole kind of, and and then distribute afterwards. So I, I was really kind of like a one man band, yeah, you know, doing uh, doing my thing kind of uh, within a company. Uh, which, yeah. you know I had I had some support and stuff it was great but it, it was very much just like see you know what you can do on your own kind of thing and, uh, and things have turned out really really cool I mean I've, I've been able to look through a lot of like the beats that you make all the way to watch a couple of these videos and it's I, I mean these are very very impressive and again I people should really check these out um, on your website they really should yeah I mean especially when it comes to the video side like I kind of got thrown into a lot of things yeah. uh, and I think uh, yeah I, I've just kind of rolled with it it's, especially when it comes to kind of like video projects like uh, you know had to film a few music videos I, I've done a few kind of like projects where uh, we, we didn't really get much time to prep anything um, it was kind of a bit I don't want to say winging it but it was it, there was a, an element of kind of uh, we, we weren't as prepared as maybe we could have been, but we just had to go with it. Uh, and yeah. I guess that comes more from it being in Japan and you're not really quite sure what the deal is kind of thing. And you're just like, well, we just got to roll with it kind of thing. So No, and that's, and that's I, I don't know, that's, that speaks to me as someone who teaches language and speaks a language and is an entrepreneur. Like, it really comes down to like, I don't know what I can do. I'd rather just ask for an apologize afterwards. I'm going to do my very best with this. And then you're gonna put your focus your breath work, and then you know if something was wrong, then I'll figure it out. Yep, on the fly, just while you're doing it, you're just like, okay, you know, especially when they give you a, a tight time frame and stuff. Like, yeah, we we, we did a bit a bit of uh, a filming in a, in a few restaurants that were quite tight and small, and you know, very very nice places like you know some super high end sushi places, and yeah, you know, they they'll just throw a curveball saying like, oh, you've only got half an hour to film here, by the way, and you're like, okay. And so, it just <laughs> and that was that with go. um was that with the with the uh, uh, eat your sushi, the sushi uh, there. Sorry. Was that with uh, Simon and Martina there? Yes, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I, I got to start working with them a few years back, um, 
and they they moved to Japan uh, and were kind of transitioning from their time in Korea. And I was sort of thrown in there as, I guess, to help produce and, and kind of direct them through the earlier, like, you know, the start of their their time in Japan. And it, it kind of just rolled from there, really, because we started doing a lot more studio-based stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we set up a, a kind of studio space and got that all kind of working uh, for a weekly kind of uh, show that they would do. God, they did it for about half a year, I think. And, uh, yeah, and that, you know, that was kind of the, the starting grounds for it. And then after that, it kind of moved more into kind of going on location, going out and about. Uh, and, and we really did get to visit a lot of uh, Japan and actually outside uh, Japan a few times as well. So that that really did set a lot of things in motion, both for, I guess, you know, for me, I guess I got to go visit loads of interesting places and it kind of introduced us to a lot of uh, new opportunities. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's really been a, a great part of working with, you know, with working with Sino. I think it's been a, <laughs> a super interesting few years. Uh, and so just in, just in case people who are listening to this podcast don't know, who, who are Simon and Martina? Uh, so, they, um, so they're a Canadian couple who lived in Korea, I think it was eight years. Okay. Uh, and they uh, were just making, they, they kind of were doing YouTube before YouTube was really a thing. Gotcha. Uh, and they already had this like back catalog of, of kind of videos. And then the whole YouTube kind of wave hit. And I guess they were just, you know, they kind of embraced it and and really made a uh, made a career out of it in Korea. Uh, and K-pop, they were, I've I've only just really actually understood uh, the era that they lived in Korea. But there's right. um, there was the K-pop really, year, wasn't it? Like when K-pop became huge, like with Psy and all that Gundam style and everything like that. Yeah, well, they they were there. Yeah, during that time, obviously before it blew up, but while it was developing, and I kind of um, I watched this. They're on Netflix. Those explained videos. I don't. Know if you, I think Vox make them where okay. they've got. They're like twenty minutes long, and yeah. they explain things like. Uh, I think there's one on like Bitcoin and all this stuff. But one of them is on K-pop, and I watched that the other day, and I didn't realize how, like, the industry just exploded. And uh, Sino Martino were, were bang in the middle of this, uh, gotcha. and so their whole channel and the, the kind of what they did, which is. <laughs> you know just blew up when just went along with that wave um but uh, they did their thing there i think it was eight years and then uh with the company that we worked with like we moved them over to japan and i kind of started working with them uh and i'll be completely honest like i wasn't really i didn't really understand the whole youtuber thing uh-huh. uh that was still kind of a bit of a new one on me um <laughs> but i kind of just again just rolled with it and worked with them in terms of like you know helping producing and directing them and you know initially we had the studio and then we started doing a few more ambitious projects uh and yeah and and it's been really interesting because you know uh there's there's always a creative element to what they want to do and uh, and i and i i find that super interesting and, it, and it's always good to work with like you know positive creative people and they they have a, a really interesting look on things especially i'd been living in japan a few years by that point and they were kind of uh, you, you know when when someone moves to a country that everything's extremely exciting and everything you know ideas are kind of like you know just popping out of of their heads just like oh what about this why don't we do something here and i 
you know, for me, it's nice, you know, having been in the country a bit, it's kind of settled down a bit. And then, yeah, working with them was actually, uh, it was great. It was, it was a really nice kind of refresh into kind of Japanese life and stuff. So, right. And you didn't just get to work with your kimchi or your sushi. You also got to work with um, like uh, Yamishita Tatsuro, uh, Tatsuro and like MF Doom. Well, that, and... <laughs> that, that's more of a side thing that I just kind of did it on my own. Um, I, I, I didn't actually work with these artists like directly. It was just more of a concept kind of thing. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, okay. It's, uh, but I, I think within, uh, in that kind of video world, I got to work with some, all kinds of different kind of, I, I worked with some Japanese creators, uh, a few musicians uh, and artists uh, doing music videos and stuff for them. So it, it's really kind of taken me into so many different avenues that I didn't really expect. Um, and... <laughs> Kind of similar to, I guess, how it started with Sun Artin. I kind of got thrown in and was just like, sure, let, let, let's do this kind of thing. So, um, and I, I guess just having a base of knowing production from the UK kind of really helped, you know, get through a lot of these things, you know. Right. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think things like the music stuff has always been a kind of hobby. I've needed to kind of do something that's sort of separate from the video thing because uh, I think when you work in video, all not all day, but when it's kind of the main thing that you do at work, right. I'm always trying to separate the music stuff so that comes to be more of a hobby and a release rather than a, ever feeling kind of like work. Sort of thing. And, is, and is that where Beats from in Life came from? I guess so, yeah. I mean, that was originally where I threw up my YouTube videos. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was... Uh, yeah, it, it, I mean, I, I think the reference, I, I might, <laughs> the reference comes from a Tribe Called Quest album, so it's like beats, rhythms, and life, and I kind of just changed it, because at the time, I, it's not that I don't like ramen anymore, I love it, but I just can't <laughs> eat every week, because it's just so easy to eat great ramen out here every every week, but you just... And get fat. <laughs> so, so easily. So, I, I've, <laughs> don't get me wrong, I, I'll never say no to, you know, if everyone's out and about the same let's get ramen sure but uh yeah it's uh it's kind of a thing that came about where i just wanted to kind of pull everything that i'd done together uh so video music wise and you know uh the podcasting that i put together and stuff like that that all kind of like i just threw it all together because i i didn't really know how to kind of separate it so and i guess i'd kind of made all of it so i was just like here we go just put it into one spot and people can take what i want from it sort of thing so well i think you've taken some good things from it. i think i mean from my perspective right i listen to a couple of japanese podcasters and the, i'm not super big on the japanese podcast scene i think it's a little behind the particularly the american uh, podcast scene it's starting to pick up london's doing a great job london real and the they're i mean they're getting in this scene and like the japanese are more using it like a radio you know the news music but you've kind of taken it, and I don't know if this was on purpose or not, but you kind of took and brought in your music, and then you also kind of brought in um, these flavors and not making it just about, you know, what's going on today. You kind of almost blended the two really, really naturally, and that's why I think if people are into podcasts, which if they're listening to this, they probably are, you should definitely check out uh, Beats Ramen Life. Yeah, I, 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 none of it was really that intentional. Uh, you're you're honest, really I, good at falling forward. <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, 
I, so I used to do a lot of DJing and a lot of like c- putting together a lot of mixes back in the UK. And so I kind of wanted to expand a little bit just from throwing up mixes because, you know, they've mixed cloud and SoundCloud and all that kind of stuff, you know, there's tons of mixes on there. So I wanted to kind of add another element to it, uh, but without kind of like talking over the whole kind of track thing. So, yeah, I, I'll be honest, I, I just kind of gave it a go and just to see how it sounded and I, I started talking in this strange voice that I've never actually spoken in before just I guess to go with the the vibe of the music but <laughs> it, it, yeah I, I really just sort of gave it a go and, and I kind of said to myself like I've got to do six you know half a year of it you know just give it a go right. and um, yeah I, I mean to be honest it's, it's something that I've kind of thought I might have to start up again because uh yeah, I've, I've got all these mixes that I've just not done anything with. And to be honest, I, I kind of prefer putting out the, the music mm-hmm. than the talking part. Um, just because something like something like this with going backwards and forwards, but when I was recording it before, it's just me on my own in my room just talking to myself. So it, oh, yeah. it had a kind of different feel to it. So Oh, yeah. And um, I feel you there. I mean, I talk to myself five days a week, you know, talking to <laughs> myself about grammar. I'm like, do you know about how Beiste Dasu works? <laughs> so i mean i i wasn't i guess used to that i i got better at it i guess but uh but yeah i mean it it none of it was really like that and again it's it's not that it wasn't thought through in a careless sense but it was just uh i just kind of did it just to see how it would go <laughs> and i think a lot of the time not just that but a lot of the stuff i've done with work and you know everything around that. I kind of just do it as as well as I I can, uh, and just just see how it goes, kind of thing. <laughs> because uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think that kind of has got me to where I'm at now, where you know you figure it out, and yeah, and sometimes people pick up on it and people like it, kind of thing. So yeah, and I think I don't know, it's being able to fall forward and being able to kind of pick up where you're. How should I say? Pick up what you're doing. And being able to turn it into something that works, being able to make your what you're interested in into something that you can be proud of is kind of, I don't know, coming into yourself. And that's what Japan means a bit to me. I mean, when I was learning Japanese at first, I didn't know what I was doing and I was always screwing up. And I I didn't think I'd be speaking Japanese, you know, eight years, ten years later. But turns out that's what I'm doing. That's what I like doing that I make a comic book of all things. But... I think, I don't know, a lot of this comes to see, to be part of who we become. And I think you've, um, you're, you're probably a lot different than you were, you know, five years ago when you first got to Japan. Yeah, I, that, that's for sure. I mean, like, I think not just through the work stuff, but I think Japan is quite an interesting country for people who kind of end up staying here for a while. Um, I, how long were you in Japan when you were living here? So the first time I was living there, I was in there for two years. And then okay. I've just stopped back periodically for a couple of days or weeks at a time. Got it. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think for me, two years was definitely a, uh, a point where you kind of you've you've hit that line of commitment. Where you're like, right. OK, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be here for a bit. And, you know, I I think you start to figure out like i think your brain has to switch into some kind of different way of living that you're just not used to you're kind of getting used to not being used to things and uh (laughs) and you just 
I, I just kind of found I, I was more frustrated, I guess, when I first, well, you have the honeymoon period where it's all great, then you get frustrated, and then you just kind of roll with it. And I think that's something that maybe I wouldn't, I, I probably wouldn't have thought that way if I'd lived back home or anything like that. It just, it definitely puts you into a different mindset, I think, out here, just for your life and just trying to, you know, trying to enjoy something that is more or less completely out of your control. So, right. uh, so but I guess, uh, you know, taking something uh, like the video and the works, you know, the music stuff, like I, a lot of this has come from influences from Japan and not just japan influencing it but how i've changed is kind of like you know from when i first came here five years ago so yeah i mean uh it, it's funny because it, it's quite hectic out here so i don't really get that much time to sit and reflect so it's quite i guess it's, it's quite nice just to sit back and go oh yeah quite a lot has happened kind of thing so. yeah so well, i guess my last question i guess the question we'll kind of finish this out on is if you were to go back and not go back, if you were to kind of go into this mystical place where you could talk to five years ago, Dan, and kind of address where he was at, what would you, and of course he's going to forget this after you go out of there, but what would you tell him about Japan? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, to, <laughs> I know it's a I, weird I, question. I, I, sorry, sorry. It's, it's a kind of a weird question, really. Mm, I guess with that one, uh, I mean, I, I, I guess this is what I tell myself now. So I guess this would probably apply to five, you know, me five years ago. But uh, yeah, is not to take everything like kind of personally, <laughs> <laughs> because I think it's quite easy to kind of get annoyed and frustrated out here. And there's a lot of things now that I've kind of got over in terms of, uh, I don't know frustrations in life and i'm not saying japan isn't a frustrating country but like i think it's kind of it helps just to not take things too seriously out here and it can feel quite intense and quite kind of like overwhelming but i don't know it that, that's a tough one because i think to be honest like not having a clue about like what to expect has kind of been part of the charm of japan is that you know no one gave me really any advice like, oh, you should do this, you should try this, or think about this. I just kind of did it, experienced it, and was like, right, well, that's that's how that works kind of thing. So uh, that doesn't really answer your question, though, does it? No, I, I think it does. I think, I don't know, I, I've been to places where you're in Japan and you're just frustrated or you're in Japan, you're trying to do something and maybe you're not feel like you're accomplishing it as well as you would like to. And I think one of the big parts that I had to get over too was allowing myself to make mistakes. I mean, I say on this podcast every day, after 10,000 mistakes, you become fluent. Let's make mistakes. So I think it's kind of the same thing. It's more of a, that's what, let's make mistakes, but maybe a, don't take yourself so seriously because you're going to make mistakes, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. So yeah, it's, I mean, to be, to be honest, I, I, I think you just have to kind of go, just, just roll with it. I think any, you know, you can give people advice and little tidbits here and there, but like, really, like, yeah, everyone has a quite a different experience in Japan. I've noticed, like, you know, you have friends who have like great opportunities come up for them. Some people just have like real kind of like, you know, I wouldn't say like issues, but you know, things come about that cause quite big obstacles in their lives and stuff like that. So, uh, it, it's kind of a mixed bag out here, really. So, 
it really depends on the role of the of the dice, I guess. So, well, but, uh, I hope you keep rolling the dice like you're rolling them because you're doing a, a great job, and I think it's something that people really like to do and to see that what you've done. If they'd like to connect with you or see what you've done, where would you recommend they go? Um, Instagram's good. Uh, I don't really do like Facebook and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, Instagram's always a good place to connect. And uh, yeah, if you want to see or hear any of the stuff that I've been putting together, it's uh, beatsramenlife.com. Uh, and yeah, that's just I've just thrown everything on there, so you can have a look at it. And but, it's, uh, it's, yeah, yeah, I mean that that's that's the best places. So. Perfect. And with with that, everybody, I think first off, Dan, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. This has been a, a little bit of time coming now, so I'm kind of excited. We get we got to do it, and I think this will be some fun people can look at. But uh, 皆さんこれを覚えておきなさい。もし日本語でペルペルになりたいなら間違いが必要なんです。ですから一緒に間違えましょう。